I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp headquarters here in wonderful New Hampshire where the weather is hot and sticky and so are the zombies. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty wrong. <laughs> uh, join- <laughs> that is the worst way to start a show. <laughs> Jeez. All right, anyway, joining me as always, my round table of survivors from the north. Not too far north, but maybe a state north. The busy zombie lord himself, Lou Page. Howdy. I love the smell of decay in the morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and, <laughs> this is going to be I'm great. quitting. <laughs> I can't take this. Joining us from the far north, speaking of ball and chains, the newly engaged <laughs> Who was Ryan me? Murphy. Yeah, I got engaged <laughs> while I was away in the States. So in At Nertacular. At Nertacular. And, uh, uh, congratulations wanna... to you, sir. And um, oh, hopefully you. your significant other knows what she's getting into. She does. She's fully aware. She's been living with me for uh, over like almost a year now. So, if she hasn't left yet, I don't know. Where, I don't know what's up. <laughs> zombies, man. Zombies, zombies. Speaking of zombies, um, I want to retract previous statements and jokes uh, that were made at Ryan Murphy's expense. Oh, thank you. From a, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy right here. Uh, Ryan Murphy once made a weapon of choice, and it was beer bottles, and I made fun of him. Right! I totally for, forgot for the, about this. For the longest time, I thought it was the stupidest thing that ever came out of his mouth. <laughs> Thanks. I said stupider. Come on. And after the last 72 hours, I realized a beer bottle could be your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you mentioned that, and you could have like not said that, and I would have gone into... The, like I would have died knowing that that Bob hated the fact that I chose beer bottles <laughs> as a weapon of choice. And now I can die happy knowing that you've, you've approved of that. But I didn't even think about that. That's a really I know. good point. It was my, uh, my first thought, but we can get into that later on because that will be our topic of the week later. Uh, gentlemen, are we all ready to do a zombie show? we got a little bit of news and an awesome topic to talk about. But first, a little bit of a format change, right, for mm. a little while? Sure. Yeah, we're going to go to bi-weekly until The Walking Dead returns. Is that correct? Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. Um, yes. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go bi-weekly just due to scheduling, and I want to start getting the show out on a specific date, and we really just want to put more thought into the episode. So until The Walking Dead returns, and it's not because of a co- the content is there. Like People are still talking about zombies weekly, but uh, we're all busy guys. and Summer has just kind of eaten away a lot of our time. So Yeah, the brains of summer. There's a song in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that being said, so it'll be bi-weekly. When The Walking Dead comes back on TV, we'll obviously do a spoiler episode every week to kind of continue with that trend because that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But until then, we're planning on trying to release it on the same day so you guys can be consistent and enjoy zombies every two weeks. Yeah, we're going to be moving to a Wednesday evening publish, so you'll have it Thursday morning for your commute. So Wednesdays will now be called Dead's Days. 
<clears throat> you could have done that with every day of the week. Zam, this day. Also, I guess we should probably just announce it right here because Lou and I just confirmed it. Um, Saturday, we will be streaming and hosting a zombie game afternoon. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. We're going to play afternoon. some Left 4 Dead and Sniper Elite Nazi Zombies. Yes. I just actually disconcluded Ryan from that. Are you playing too, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, sorry. I right. just kind of skipped you over there. Well, we have a fourth chair, so if anyone has Left 4 Dead 2 and wants to join in, uh, definitely. But we'll be streaming it live, and we'll, we'll embed it on uh, in the um, uh, on the Zombies Ate My Podcast website. And, you know, we should really get a YouTube going for to post these videos. Yeah, we'll work on that, too. Yeah. Planning. But anyway, live. I think that's all we got for podcast news. But oh, 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 I got one more. Oh, okay, one more. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. We didn't discuss when we were going to talk about this, but uh, I'm going to be giving – the show is going to be giving away a copy of The Walking Dead 400 Days, the DLC for Season 1 of Telltale's fantastic game. Um, and I'll mention it now. We'll mention it at the end of the show again, but just quickly – Email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Just let us know what you are most excited about for Season 2 of The Walking Dead from Telltale. And you have a chance to win a copy of 400 Days, which I played through, and it is fantastic. So if you haven't picked it up yet, let us know what you think about Season 2. Okay, hold on. I'm sending an email. See if I can win. No, you can't. You are not eligible. Damn it. All right. It's five bucks, Bob. Come on. I know, but I've already... Okay, we're not going to talk about the Steam sale here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sirree. Let's get into uh, some zombie news instead. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. It has come to my attention that Ryan Murphy lives just outside of Toronto. That's very true. That's very... very oh. Romero. There's going to be... <laughs> start that over. What? You start that over. We All we heard was Arrow. Arrow? Yeah. George A. Romero? <laughs> I don't know how to start over. Here I go. <clears throat> Inside Toronto, George A. Romero will be there at a Dawn of the Dead reunion. Oh, neat. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> no, that's way better. So, uh, Lou, do you want to talk a little bit about this? Yeah, um... Romero is going to be doing a Dawn of the Dead reunion panel at their uh, at the flashback at, a, at the sorry flashback weekend festival in Toronto, and he doesn't make it to Canada very often for these things. So if you're in Canada and you Ryan. live near there, Ryan. go. Ryan. Ryan really needs to go so that he can talk about this. Uh, August 9th to 11th. I think I'm at a country festival that weekend. <laughs> Come on. I know, I'm serious. Do you remember last year when we started doing this show? Yeah, I think it was our too. second episode. <laughs> we were talking about that. That's That falls on the, uh, uh, just after the long weekend. Oh, and we screwed up. This isn't in Toronto. This is in Chicago. It is in Chicago. What? Shit. George Romero is actually mostly in Toronto, but okay. he's actually going to be coming to Chicago. I just read that wrong, too. Yeah, this this column is really poorly written. Wait, wait. But it doesn't so, change anything, Ryan. You need to go. So, wait, wait, wait. I'm confused. So, George A. Romero gets to Toronto a lot? He is... lives in Toronto. Yeah. Oh! So, why so I could just literally go to his house, knock on his door, and say, hey, I do a podcast about zombies, let me in. Because I live, like, just outside Toronto. 
sure. I hear he's that friendly, Ryan. I hear he's that friendly. Well, look at those glasses and that smile. How could you not be friendly? So I guess Flashback Weekend is a large and the longest-running horror convention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got horror dealers, celebrity guests, stuff like that. So there's going to be a Dawn of the Dead reunion, a Pet Cemetery reunion, Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem reunion, and a bunch of other uh, guests, um, actors that starred in certain you know horror movies and franchises and stuff like that. Weird. It's pretty cool. Can you hear that cat in the background? No, but no. I wish I could. Okay, good. Anyway, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Chicago's kind of far away. I don't know if I'll be able to make it. Yeah, me neither. That's probably way out of my price range. What? What? Okay, so George A. Romero's on a panel, and you have one question to ask him. What question would it be? Um, why don't you make another good zombie movie? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, Mine's you didn't be... say we had to be nice. <laughs> no. Mine's going to be, why... Is there a zombie on a horse in your last movie? Why? <laughs> Wait, which movie was that? Survival of the Dead. Okay, I'm going to say I've this again. It. We've said it multiple times, but we really need to do like a commentary track for really bad zombie movies. And I think Warm Bodies is out. We need to do Warm Bodies. Uh, that sounds weird when you say that. I like just that. watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bob. <clears throat> uh, so, you know what I would ask George A. Romero? I would ask him, where do you think the fall of zombie movies started? Probably when he made, like, 16 zombie movies. I'd like to get his opinion on that. What what he thought went wrong with zombie, he, zombie franchise. I, I, th- I don't think he thinks it went in the wrong way. Because I would argue that, like, he's made maybe one or two. He started the trend. And he's just not been able to live up to what other people make. Because I don't think... When was the last good George A. Romero movie? Don't. Land of the Dead. Land of the like, Dead? Yeah, and yeah. when did that and come out? Even then, it's not that great. It's kind of his most mediocre, but it's still better than Diary of the Dead or Survival of the Dead. Some people probably think I'm an, I'm an asshole being on a zombie podcast yep. and talking shit about <clears throat> the father of zombies, but like seriously, you don't get a pass because you start a trend. You get a you only get a pass if you, if you do good stuff continuously. Well, Land of the Dead gets a pass because of its humor. And it was at least creative. So what's Land Diary of the Dead? Of the, of the Dead the Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead, they're just kind of there. They don't really explain nothing and they don't really serve a purpose. I don't think they I've don't seen further the franchise at all. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. They're just kind of their own standalone pieces of crap. Oh, I have yeah. seen Land of the Dead. That that movie was awful. <laughs> it had Luigi 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 Mario in it. <laughs> When he's one of the redeeming factors of your movie, it's... Yeah, it's kind of... It, yeah, he was a redeeming factor in Ice Age, so... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, anyway, August 9th through 11 in Chicago. If you guys are going, let us know. <laughs> and ask George A. Romero those questions. And don't let George A. Romero listen to this podcast, because then he'll <laughs> probably know. be very upset. Yeah, and then you won't be able to go to his house. Yeah, I want to go to his house. <laughs> All right. The only um, the other time sensitive thing we wanted to talk about, in case there's people out there, um, Greg Nicotero and um, KNB Effects. They're going to be doing some zombie transformations in San Diego. They're doing a Walking Dead escape. You guys hear about this? I did. This sounds awesome. <clears throat> Makes so, me wish I was going to Comic Con. Yeah, oh, is, is that, that Comic Con? Is Comic Con? Yeah, it's going to be uh, at Comic Con. <clears throat> so. 
yeah, on July 11, 2013, Walking Dead Escape. That's pretty cool. It's going to be right at Comic-Con. So basically it's going to be this giant obstacle course, and the guys from the show that do all the makeup and effects from The Walking Dead are going to be making people into zombies. Neat. That's pretty cool. And, like, it's too bad this I isn't closer to Halloween. Yeah, yeah, footage would be great. Like, maybe some time lapses and stuff. Well, here's there's a website, The Walking yeah, Dead Escape. it's thewalkingdeadescape.com. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, you get to run through an obstacle full of zombies. They got some videos up there on the website of, um, you know, the obstacle course. So this is going to be kind of coinciding with a Walking Dead um, panel, probably at Comic-Con. And it's actually July 19th and 20th. This website article is wrong. That's pretty cool. So do, can you imagine that, having to go through an obstacle course with zombies that look like just like the dudes from The Walking Dead, the show? And, and they're taking volunteers, so you get to get made up if you want to be a zombie. They do the makeup for you and everything. Oh. This alone makes me want to go to Comic Con. Hmm. I want Comic Con is is too much for me. It's too. It seems too busy. Um, I don't know if I could do it. But oh, and, and speaking of conventions, like we talked about Nertacular a bit. Didn't see any zombie stuff at Nertacular besides a couple. I didn't, of, didn't think you would. A couple of zombie board games. I didn't get a chance, but I guess there's a Walking Dead board game that that is out um, from one of the sponsors. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it, it it looks pretty neat. That was the only zombie thing in Nertacular. There was no zombie makeup to speak well, then of. We need to all go next year and spread that word. Spread the joy. Yeah. Spread the zombies. I think it would be really cool if we all went to Nertacular and not only did a live podcast, but also did a board game, uh, Walking Dead. That would be really neat. That would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. We would have a lot of fun. Um, we would. I'm just Again, this is just me. Uh being an asshole, talking about an event that's not for another year, saying, you guys need to come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the last bit of news, too, we have a crazy slingshot madman, and uh, he has perfected the zombie capture kit. This guy has a slingshot YouTube channel. Okay? I'm not joking. He does. It's called the Slingshot Channel. He has made a weapon that fires slingshot, like, what are those things called? Bolas. Bolas. Bola, bola. Um... It's this crazy contraption of a weapon that can either fire once on, like, it's got a double barrel. You can either fire on one side, the other side, or at the same time or something like that. And um, he he wants to use it to shoot zombies in the legs. Now, the only problem with the video is he demonstrates the actual machine being used. And he makes it all out of his own wood and his own tools and rubber bands and stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I wish he used it on a person to show the effectiveness of it. Or at least a tree. Would he use it on like a a, a two by four or something? Yeah, he shoots it at a pole, and it's not very wide. I'd like to see him shoot it around something wider and see what happens. Maybe like a moose or something, or a dummy. Dummy Yeah, like I I thought this was. uh, I kind of skimmed through the video. I was kind of hoping it was one of those like. um, uh, You guys ever see what's that? What's that show? Ultimate Warrior or. Something it was on Spike where they kind of oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. demoed the weapons and stuff. I was kind of hoping he was going to do something like that, and it was like going to be. It's it's not as high budget as that, but it is it is fairly well done. It's it's neat in concept to think of, and I'd like to see someone go one step further and take this weapon and sort of do it in a sort of drama fashion and show us yeah. how it would actually work. Well, Lou pre-show was talking to him, and uh, he said, "I bet you I'm going to see this next year on The Walking Dead." <laughs> Yeah. Yep, that that was that. That's my theory. Is I saw this, and he's wearing a big Walking Dead shirt, 
and I just picture up oh, somebody from Walking Dead will probably see this, and next thing you know, this will be what Daryl's carrying around next season. Well, you got to think, you know, going to weapons of choice like we used to do and stuff. <clears throat> at some point, you're going to have to forge your own weapons, and this guy's obviously going to be all set when that when that I uh, that situation has to come. But it's actually a really good idea to something like that if you don't have a lot of ammunition to make a bola shooting device like that and be able to at least constrain zombies you know right i was just th- i was thinking about this and it, it, it and this is probably me thinking too hard about this but you know you make you use one of these bolas and slingshot cannon things of his and you have several of them and you have one person that loads one one person that fires one and then two guys with say like a riot shield and a melee weapon and you could clear out an entire building you shoot the 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 bola knock down a couple of zombies the melee guys go in kill them and retreat back and then you just clear rooms one by one by one and you could clear a house like that way that's yeah absolutely i mean thinking very hard about that (laughs) you took that to an extreme but it would would work it would really work as long as you have a bunch of people and some riot shields and melee weapons. <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse, that, that wouldn't be too hard to get. That's you true. could use trash can, sh- tra- trash can lids if you had to. Oh, and paint them like a Captain America shield? Yeah. <laughs> you do. Uh, you that's read my requ- mind. It's a prerequisite. You have to yeah, paint it like you'd, a, a... You'd have to, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have for news because we have a spoiler edition topic of the week this week, and we need to talk about this ASAP. Zombie Topic of the Week. This week's Topic of the Week is a video game that came out not too long ago. It is called The Last of Us, and we are going to be spoiling it. So if you guys haven't played it, wanna don't want to be ruined by any sort of endings or surprises, because we're going to talk about it. Um, and highly recommend not listening to this i don't often tell people not to listen to our content but don't listen to this if you have any interest in playing even if you even if you don't mind spoilers because i find this game um especially if you're not into the gameplay the story will keep you going and just knowing the story beats uh it doesn't ruin the game but i think it, it spoils the you know the awesomeness of it because it is really cool to be surprised about what happens next Surprised. Hmm. I don't know about that as a word to use. Why? Shocked. Shocked. Okay. I, I thought you were being like smart ass and being like, this game's story sucks. The only way sucks. I would say to listen to this if you're not if you haven't played the game yet is if you don't own a PlayStation Three and have no intentions of buying one for this game, then listen. Oh and yeah. You'll get the idea of what this game is about. But for all intent and purposes buy a PS3 and buy this game because it is amazing. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not sure I can uh, recommend people go out and buy a PS3 specifically for did. this title with the PS4 coming out, but I think um, this should be a game you look at when deciding what console to buy in the next generation because Sony has said that they are thinking, they're looking at bringing PS3 titles to PS4 gamers through the cloud and um, just knowing that this is a game they're going to put out there in the forefront when that cloud gaming is a reality. Um, so that is my listen, endorsement. Listen, listen, Gamers in Ryan. Mm. Let's talk about The Last of Us. Oh, sorry. I wasn't <laughs> going to mention The Gamers in. I did talk <laughs> about it on there. 
so let's talk let's talk about this game first of yeah. all let's talk um we'll save the ending for last let's talk story so, yeah. as far as video game goes <clears throat> video games go i have never felt well i mean there's a few games where you feel really compelled during the story and these guys, Naughty Dog, that made the game, did such a good job involving you with the story and making you really feel for some of these characters, even the ones you meet along the way, let alone like the main characters, Joel and Ellie there. I mean, the story itself going through, I thought was amazing. Like It kind of kept me going through the game. Like It, it would be like, I'm playing the game, <clears throat> there's this cool little cutscene, and it's a crazy video. And then I go back into gameplay, and I'm like, I got to do this so I can see what happens next. You know, I don't know if you guys felt that way too. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't lie. In the beginning, there's a few points in the game where the mechanics they don't give you. They they slowly introduce game mechanics mm-hmm. to yeah. you, and there was stuff I wanted to do, and I knew that they were later game mechanics, but they hadn't given them to me yet. And I was like, come on. I know I can do this later in the game. Why aren't you letting me do this now? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, those were the points where I struggled. There is a – I agree with you. Um, uh, the pacing of this game is great after like the first few chapters because yes. there, is a, there is a specific encounter where you're um, sort of dropped. You say, okay, wait here, guys. I'm going to drop down and take them all out. It's um, before the first chick sort of gets bitten. Um, oh, oh! Where you're in that building and you drop down. There's like one clicker and a few just random infections. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a tough uh, yeah. sort of segment because it's the first time they sort of drop you in and say, "Okay, it teaches you to scavenge for tools. It teaches you to be as quiet as possible, and it teaches you to even avoid certain, uh, you know, in, go in a path and you know make sure you pay attention to where people are walking." Uh, and I, I got stuck there for a good hour. Um, just trying to beat that, and that is that is the true lesson uh, in this game. You know, it it, um, it teaches you that there's a specific way to uh, kill the infected, and then there's a specific way to kill the humans. So that's that was a segment that that really caught me, and I was almost like, oh man, I don't know if I like the gameplay in this, but that, it gets better. That- uh, just so you guys know, but that segment there where you're talking about where you had the proud time, mm-hmm. that was the demo at PAX East. Ah, wow. wow. That's for the demo. Like, what, what difficulty did you guys play it on? Uh, normal. Okay. I, I played on the hard difficulty. Yeah. That specific part right there took me like a good 30, 40 minutes to actually get by. Yeah. Um, it, just, I, I had the same issue. Talking difficulty, uh, I've in the past started on hard on games. And just for the fact of trying to get, like, achievements and trophies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've learned my lesson a few times, specifically with another PlayStation title, uh, God of War 3. We're just trying to play on the the highest difficulty available to get more trophies will ruin my enjoyment of the title. And with The Last of Us, I'm I'm thinking uh, this will probably be the first game that I actually go back and do do New Game Plus and play on a harder difficulty. Yeah, when it comes to a survival... <clears throat> horror kind of genre. I love playing on the hard difficulty because it feels a lot more realistic. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. And uh-huh. you have to, you know, you make choices, right? I found in this one that I wasn't really um, void of ammo and and just the tools at my disposal. I was. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. I have never played a game where I've been sitting down playing this game 
in a in a, an area where there's tons of infected running around, slowly sneaking around and going, "Oh, thank God, a brick." Yeah, <clears throat> or a beer great. bottle, you know. Yeah, exactly. I found that that was the case fighting the zombies. Whenever you're fighting the infected, I would get low on ammo because they don't ever drop ammo. Mm-hmm. But whenever I was fighting people, I felt like I had an abundance of ammo. Well, let's we can talk about the, here's how I feel like the game went. The first third of the game is very slow. And it kind of teaches you how to play the game. And I got to tell you, this is the first game in a while where every room I walked in, I went into my sneaky position to listen to everything just in case. Yep. You know what I mean? Like every time I went into a room. Towards the second third of the game, um, the the really good thing about the game is the upgrade system and how it kind of makes you do that if you want to beat the game. And it becomes yep. more of a scavenge every single room I can and conserve on every amount of ammo, weapon, or anything I can as well. And it's kind of... <clears throat> to me, it was almost like the second third blew by really quick. And then the last third, it just seemed like it turned in from like a sneaky, stealthy game to like an all-out assault, kind of. And there was still some sneaky stuff around, but like towards well, the end, I was like, you know, I had a good amount of weapons and ammo and upgrades and stuff. And I, I guess that's how all video games really go towards the end. But I didn't find myself sneaking around as much at the end. Um, no, the, the end in, in a strictly gameplay sense was, you know, run and gun and only fighting, um, humans. And just speaking on the fact that your enemies are either the infected or the human and never really at the same time would you fight yeah. them both. Um, I want to get your opinion on this, guys. Uh, what was the, what were you most afraid of when fighting? Were you more afraid of fighting the infected or were you more afraid of fighting the humans? Friggin' clickers, man. Well, see, that's the oh, thing, too. Clickers were, easy. clickers were a piece of cake. The only ones that bothered me were those, the two or three giant weird ones that you fight. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those were the only things that annoyed me. I found both people and zombies. I breezed through those sections of the game unless they seemed to overwhelm you. Well, that's the, I think that's what it comes down to is there's a few points where I think it was worse to fight the infected because of the situation you are in. Like, I remember... Um, <clears throat> There was a there was one spot where you're in a building and it was just a bunch of infected, and like you kind of really had to sneak around and get your way through there and kill a few things here and there. But then there was yep. other times like in like when you're in you know Colorado, and uh, it's all you know you're fighting all these hunters and cannibals and whatnot, and it, that gets really hard too. It's all kind of situational dependent. But I do think you kind of hit something there, Ryan, when you're talking. I really wish there was some encounters where it was like kind of both at the same time, you know. Yeah, that like, been there would have been some interaction, like the infected are killing some of the bad guys, but they're also coming at you, so you're like fighting each other and the infected at the same time. It's it's weird that they didn't give you like sort of present you with a moral choice, like here's a, a, a group of of bad guys that you need to kill, and then here like separating them as like a glass window, yeah. and on the other side where you are hiding, there's like a group of infected. They never give you that. It's almost. It seemed cliche that they would give you that choice, but they didn't. Um, and it didn't bother me that it wasn't there, but I think it would have been still I cool. have a funny feeling the reason we never got a choice like that was due to AI issues. Yeah. I think that if they had put both of those in the same room at the same time, they would have both come after the player and not each other. Yeah. And I think that programming that AI was probably a hassle. Hmm. Uh, 
Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's a, well, that's a, some, a valid point. There's some weird AI issues, too, where, like, you can run right up to some infected, and sometimes they just don't see you. You know what I mean? Like, there's a few points in the game where I ran right into one and went, ah! The AI is forgiving in the sense yeah. that I, I, I had um, Ellie... Her name's Ellie, right? Yeah. I beat it a, a month ago, when it came, you know, a while ago. But um, Ellie would be running around, following me, and like literally like bumping into the bad guys. So the yeah. AI is very forgiving yeah. in the sense that when Ellie would run into like the humans, she would just keep running, and they wouldn't, you know. I don't see know it. if you guys. I don't know if you guys did the same thing I did, but <clears throat> when you first started playing with Tess and Ellie, and you're in that one of those buildings, and like the first time you're trying to sneak around like a bar table. And you're you're sneaking away from the infected to try and get behind it, and then all of a sudden you're like you're looking over at Ellie and Tess, and one of them's like walking right in front of it, and you're, I'm I'm going at first I'm like get out of the, get out of the way, get, move move, <laughs> like they bump into it and then nothing happens. I'm like oh okay. Well, <laughs> like, it's nice that that they did that. Yeah. They could have made it like hardcore, but right. um, I was really stressed out fighting the humans. Because I always found that they were more powerful, at least on they, normal. It, it's tough. I mean, they are. Because like, you're... To me, even on the hard difficulty, fighting the infected was still easily doable if you were smart about it. Well, they're not as aware as the humans Correct. because they're blind. Like, literally, yeah. you can walk, like, slowly walk up to them. And unless they, like, touch you or they hear you, um, you could get away with it. But I find with the humans, like, you were more... You were worried about... Um, not being only seen. yeah being seen being heard and being shot because they all had much more powerful guns than you did and infinite ammo um so i found sometimes i'd lose an encounter because i'd stealth gra- grab one guy and as i'm like pulling him down killing him someone would see me and this isn't me complaining i just i thought it made the encounters with the humans much more stressful because next <clears throat> your next playthrough can i make a suggestion sure did you make a lot of nail bombs <laughs> i i did near the end um yeah okay i, I mean because that was how i played through the game really stealthily mm-hmm. is i made nail bombs and then hid and then waited for them to like group up in groups of two or three together yeah. and then if i knew i couldn't take out what them one by one i would throw a nail bomb and then it would take out all three guys at the same time it was an instant death yeah um, and yeah. then there's a lot of the cool thing about the game is a lot of awesome ways to deal with situations and there are, there's like hundreds of different ways that a person could deal with a certain situation yeah and that's what i like about it like if you're i mean i mean we're speaking of gameplay here I, I just think certain encounters where you're in a big group and there's a bunch of infected like lou can wait around and make a nail bomb there could be someone else who has a perfect path laid out to sneak up behind every single one of them you know and uh, i like the fact that those kinds of fights and encounters were very stressful when you were doing it. Like, I felt very stressed when I was playing the game, trying to, like... Even, when, like, you were said, when you try and grab an infected or a person, mm-hmm. and then you're like, you're like, oh, God, I gotta get, in, I gotta strangle them real quick. You know what I mean? And then, like, yeah. you gotta move and get down, and every single big encounter like that was very high-intense action, you know, adrenaline pumping for me. Yeah, I wasn't worried at all, like, <clears throat> grabbing one of the infected, because I knew that unless there was one right around the corner, they wouldn't, they wouldn't see or hear you. Um, that's the other thing too. The game's pretty forgiving with sound. Like if you if you stealth grab somebody, then it's going to be a stealth grab. The 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 AI does not hear it. Right. Um, but um, speaking of the the nail bombs, the crafting system was a really cool addition, and it had me sort of 
you know, doing what I should have done in the apocalypse is running around checking corners for, like, supplies and stuff. Whereas in action games, it's like, shoot that guy, pick up his ammo, go forward. In this game, there were specific segments. It felt like um, the different gameplay mechanics were story, you know, cutscenes, stuff like that, or just walk and talk. And then there was the combat, which was with the split into two, the infected and the humans. And then third was puzzle stuff. There were a few puzzles in there. But fourth was just like, here's an open area. There's no bad guys. Just explore and find supplies and, you know, open the shiv doors. Yeah. Um, Just a lot of cool little exploration stuff. Um, I had a blast with that. And the crafting system was just really well done. And um, that carrying in carrying over into multiplayer is also really cool um that you get to experience the crafting system in a multiplayer standpoint i don't know if you guys played a lot of the multiplayer yet i know you guys both just beat it right i haven't even touched it i beat it about a week and a half ago while you were in nertacular you beat the multiplayer (laughs) well that's funny you mentioned that i I mean maybe we can revisit the multiplayer um in another episode because we all haven't played it but i would highly recommend that this is not a game to play and trade in um, the multiplayer is a lot of fun, and I think I've put, mm, you know, maybe 10 hours into the multiplayer. We need to... Yeah, I've that, put, like, three or four. We need to play that, and I should figure out how I can stream that um, with my capture card, and we can add that to our uh, Zamp uh, Zombie Weekend gameplay stuff. But, uh, yeah, crafting system, really cool. Um, anything else gameplay-wise that before we I start heard. moving into spoiler <clears throat> territory? Okay, uh, gameplay-wise, I had... Two gripes, okay. really. That was the only thing that bothered me the whole game, and that was the trigger points. Where mm-hmm. like they give you the ability to kind of see what's ahead of you or in other rooms, mm-hmm. and so you'll be using the ability, and you'll be like, okay, so there's no effect infected in this area, or there's no people, and then you walk through a doorway, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by guys, and it's like, wait a minute. If I have the ability to sense what's in the next room, I would have heard or seen that guy. Now it feels like a video game. And they do that like three times or four times throughout the game. Where like you think everything's clear and you're using the 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 the, the, the detection technique and you think you're clear. And then you walk two steps and then all of a sudden you're surrounded. And you're like, wait a minute. I would have known that this was here. Oh, so you were having issues with the detection? Well, just not detection, but story plot points. They don't do a good job of uh, – I'll use this as the example. There is a school building you have to sneak through in the beginning of the game, and there's like mm-hmm. six or seven infected on the floor, and mm-hmm. they're all blind. So they're easy. So I snuck up, and I took all of them out. Okay. And so I used the detection to kind of see if there were any ahead of me, and there weren't. But then I walked through a doorway into, like, a science lab, and all of a sudden, six of them come walking through the door. Oh. And it was like, I was just using the, det- the, the detection technique. If there were six guys in that other doorway, I would have seen them. So, so do, you, do you think that's a scripting error, or is it just yeah, so it's early? Yeah, it's a scripting error. It's oh. a scripting error. So, well, not an error, just that, it, that, that technically the enemies aren't there yet, so you don't mm-hmm. see them. But maybe there's a, right. there's a couple of those situations, I know what you're talking about, where you think you're good and good, and you're not. Yeah, the, I, I've right. It would. It, I would have been okay with it, it, but the way they executed it kind of broke the atmosphere for me when they did it. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, um, 
there is a point in the game where you can start upgrading as part of the crafting systems. You can upgrade your your sight or your listening, I guess, your listen mode, and maybe that would have helped. Because you mentioned nope. it, did you? You didn't have that issue later on in the game, or was it just early in the game? It was uh, anytime there was like a trigger point, like oh, a, I like, see. Uh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, that just like, sounds like limitations of the of the systems. So and I didn't then, have that error. Go ahead. My other issue was there was one mechanic, one of the crafting systems, there was one item, I can't remember which it was, but you only use it to make one item. Mm -hmm. So I always had an abundance of that one item, and I never used it. I think it was whatever you used to make smoke bombs. And I never used any smoke bombs. So I always had like this pile of sugar. (laughs) And I was like, but I don't use it for anything. It would have been great if... if, um there's there's multiple points in all apoc- apocalypse games where if you cl- if you go up to a coffee machine it's always like man i miss coffee <laughs> and it's like man i miss coffee i have all this sugar but no coffee <laughs> and and i actually that was in that was in the last of us there's a specific segment the conversation pieces where you can in the hotel yeah you can walk up and push triangle on items and you'll have this which gives an interesting perspective because Ellie's new to the world and doesn't know what coffee is and and Joel's like oh man I miss coffee so much and uh it was also in 400 days where someone was walking by a coffee machine and it's just like oh man I want coffee I want coffee so bad um no I didn't think, and I'm not usually good at talking about the faults of a game because I I mean I can easily look past them I don't know if I had that issue um but I did have that issue with with smoke bombs. Those are more used in multiplayer to to great effect. But I never never used them in in single player. Yeah, if I had a gripe, it would be kind of what Lou was hitting on, where I really enjoyed the crafting and upgrading system. I thought that was a good part of the game, so it kind of broke away from the generic just you know survival scenario. Um, but there were points in time where, like playing on hard, you don't get a lot of materials. Mm-hmm. So when I get a lot of something and I can only make the same thing over and over again, I'm like, Ugh, I'm so screwed. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like that. I mean, and it wasn't to the point where it made me upset about the game. There were just some points in time where I wish I could make a few different items to help me out along my journey. Well, that 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 doesn't sound like a gripe. That sounds like just you know playing on hard. You're you're it it, it makes it harder being presented with less. Uh, it was harder and stuff. Which is neat. I mean, um, oh, I don't think. Hard. <laughs> well, no, I I want to pl- I want to play on hard because um, I felt on normal there was never a question of do I use this this uh, uh, nail bomb to try and take out these th- four guys or do I split them up and take them out one by one? Well, that's my that's playing on hard was my thing was like do I save my nail bomb and try and separate these guys and find a brick somewhere to throw at them because I don't know what's coming around the next corner, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I thought right. was pretty cool. Like every every weapon I had or made or upgraded, I had to really really think about before I put that thought into using. You know, which yeah. <clears throat> is a lot of fun. But no. let's talk. Let's let's talk about. Let's spoil the ending. Do you want to well, go right to the well, ending? Let's go through. The, let's go through the story. Okay, let's you go through, through, the story? through the beats. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I mean, you start out the game with you know we'll just go right into it. You're right as the infection comes out. You're your daughter gets killed. Yeah, well, you start. I, you start out playing as the daughter, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So 
they really make you feel for her because she's wandering around the house. Something weird's going on. There's like fire trucks going by outside and her father's missing. So you wander around the house looking for him and knowing what you know about the game from the cover, you know that something's going to go bad and it's going to mm-hmm. go bad fast. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it really adds a lot of tension. And then th- for the first few sections, you play as her following her father around. And so you care for her, and they do a good job of making you feel for her. And then just as you think you're all about to escape and get out of it and be rescued by the military, the military officer catches you, and you hear him on the radio, and he goes, but sir, it's just a father and her daughter, and his daughter, you know, like, are you sure? And then he points his gun at them, and you know it's coming. You know he's going to shoot them. And then he opens fire, and the girl gets killed, and Joel lives. And it's just – it's like you've just spent the last 15, 20 minutes playing as this girl. You feel for her, and now she's dead. And and it's like it hits you at an emotional level as a parent, but then it also hits you at an emotional level of a story because you've already been sucked into this character. And you're like, and now she's dead. Great. So this is what I'm in for for the rest of this game. Yeah, well, and now you're playing as a guy who's got survivor's guilt. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. And and we kind of saw a mile away that that she was going to die, and oh, it was yeah. just a matter of like how it was going to happen. And I I I really commend this game. I know a lot of like post-apocalyptic games have this rule where it's like we'll allude to the the uh, you know day one event, but we'll never show it. And it was really cool to see the day one event without them explaining why it happened. Yeah. I don't think you ever really get an explanation. It's just sort of this infection. And um, it was really cool to see, like, the, the beginnings of it. And um, it was it was, it was was gut-wrenching, you know, yeah. to, to watch, like, this little girl die in, in her father's hands and uh, then to have to, like... I can't remember like how it ends where he like leaves the body and goes, but I think it just sort of you know says twenty years later. Yeah, it just cuts. Yeah, it cuts to it fades to black and then says twenty years later. Yeah, it's just it was a really strong opening, probably one of the strongest openings I've played in a video game in a long time, and uh, it really set the tone. Um, It was all. It was. It was the way they did it. It was just really well done in this. In the way that it shows that that moment and then cuts and goes to 20 years later and you've had like five seconds to deal with it where the characters had 20 years and it was almost really jarring to kind of like jump into the character who had just watched his daughter die and he's all like chummy with this new girl right um so yeah well i mean they're not even chummy they're i mean he looks miserable he looks like he hates life and Oh yeah, you know, yeah. He's definitely not like all you know, sunshine and rainbows. But you know, Tessa is his like partner, I guess. But did you guys get sort of like a romantic involvement between the two of no. them? You didn't get that at all because they sort a, of alluded to it. I got a, like a feeling of fondness between the two, but it just seemed like they were still kind of distant about everything. Yeah, because there was like it, it seemed like they were both two survivors. That yeah, they're friends. Maybe they're friends with benefits. But in a world like this, you, having that kind of bond would be bad, and they know it. So if the shit hit the fan, they'd leave each other for dead, no problem. Which, yeah, happened. Oh, this would happen. Um, yeah, so we jumped 20 years into the future, and we learned, <clears throat> you know, life sucks. Uh, you're constantly, 
you know, looking out for the infected and trying to find areas that are clear. And the only way to survive is to scavenge and do, you know, what they were doing where... They're smugglers. Smugglers, yeah. That's the only way you can kind of keep going and get credits for food and whatnot, other than hunting and everything like that. And it's really kind of a sad future. Like, not only do you lose your daughter, but now you're scavenging and smuggling weapons and whatnot to survive, you know? Right. They established that whatever left of the government there is, the military is in charge of the city of Boston, and they really rule under an iron thumb. People yeah. are people are given rations, and you have a job, and you do your job, and you do what the government tells you, or else. Yeah, and like, um, it was really uh, cool how they introduced that there is still some sort of society left. They don't go into detail like whether there is, you know, like a government or anything. I don't think they really allude to that, but they do show that there is some sort of organization left in terms of the military and these like. Uh, militarized zones. So there's a group called the Fireflies. Yeah. Right. Uh, some radical rebels, really. Well, uh, they're like, uh, they're sort of, um, their goal is that there is a cure and we need to find it. They want to make a cure. Whereas yeah. the military are just like, you know, we have to survive. You know, don't worry about a cure. It's in the back of our heads, but survival is the utmost importance. Yeah. And so as you're playing with these guys, your mission, you, you know, you have a smuggling run that's gone wrong. And you find this woman who's a firefly, and that's where you meet Ellie. Yeah. A little girl. A little girl. That looks like Ellen Page. So in order to get your weapons and, you know, well, I guess this the woman that kind of promises you double what you were going to make before Mm -hmm. if you transport this girl somewhere. Yeah, she tells you that the plan is she has the guns that you were supposed to get. And she'll give them to you plus double if you take Ellie to the um, Capitol building in Boston. Correct. And to meet up with the Firefly group. Right. (laughs) Yeah, which turns into, oh, they're not here. Let's go to another place. They're not here. Let's go to another place. They're even more disjointed than the military. But you have no idea why. I mean, you know the Fireflies are getting scattered. The woman tells you, you know, the government's really cracking down on them. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So you got the government trying to get rid of the fireflies, the fireflies fighting back and trying to find the cure. Then you got this girl, and you have no idea why she's so important at first. You have an idea why. I, at least I did. Yeah, and, I kind of suspected. Yeah, and then so you, you, you're you going along, and the government's trying to kill you because now you're you're helping the fireflies out. So you go through that whole big thing, and then finally you find out this girl's been bit over three weeks ago. Right. And she hasn't turned when everyone else turns in one or two days. I think the way they reveal that... That she's sort of infected but not infected is really neat. Yeah. And um, I love how it was discovered through – it was discovered through the military finding them as they were escaping, right? Right. When when they got caught, the first thing in my mind was I did something wrong. I screwed up because – Oh, I was like, yeah. maybe I was supposed to go a different path. Oh, shit, this is where the game is going to end for me. <laughs> and then it turns into, no, this was a plot point that was supposed to happen. Yeah, and the so, way they triggered that was Oh, it's great. So basically what they did was they just they started scanning people. and Because um, they captured the three of them, Tess, Joel, and Ellie. They capture them, the government does. They start scanning these people, and all of a sudden the girl stabs them, one of the dudes, right? And then they go freak out and... They kill the government, and then Joel looks at the thing and finds out, or was it Tess? It's Tess, I think. She finds out she's infected. 
Yeah. So like, Joel freaks out, and she says, yeah, it's been three weeks. So. Right. And Joel's first response is, shoot her and leave her for dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. tells you what kind of character he is in the beginning of the game. <laughs> well, he's, right? been, he's been through the shit, you know. 20 oh, yeah. years of surviving in that world must not have been pleasant. Right, because you're also introduced in the beginning of the game to his brother, Tommy, who's not around. And the answer is Tommy and him got into a fight and Tommy just left him. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, there's something here, obviously. Yeah, we're not really given all the details. We're sort of, like, in the beginning Left's of the your game. Own imagination. Yeah, and in the beginning of the game, we're really uh, led to believe that Joel is just, you know, like a... He rides the line and he doesn't mm-hmm. he, he doesn't care about anybody and... And uh, I think that was a really smart move on their part to sort of introduce him as like a shady character, and then over time have him be more likable. Um, and yeah, because when you're first playing as him, you kind of like, hey, you're obviously not a great dad because you're leaving all these notes. Yeah, be back later. Listen that. Yeah. You know, the daughter leaves you a birthday card that says you might not always be there, but for some reason I still love you. That kind of stuff. So as you're playing with Joel, you're like, I'm kind of a dick. And then as you right. go further and further through, you see that, you know, life has just crippled him. Yeah. But uh, continuing, um, so they yeah, get, so they get to find the Boston Capitol building, is it? Yep. Yes. Which I got to say, being from Massachusetts, they did Boston pretty well. Oh, yeah. Cool. I, I, there were certain segments of the game where I literally knew where I was standing yeah. in Boston. Exactly. You're oh, like, neat. I know this place. But yeah. anyway, yeah, they get to the Capitol building. Um, there's no fireflies. They're all dead. Um, which is a common theme a common theme throughout the game fireflies are dead (laughs) we gotta get to the fireflies oh they're not here they're dead here's a little note to go even farther yeah so then then you get the the test kind of confesses that she's been bit and -hmm. this was her last stop and then she holds off the government who comes as the other two flee and Joel doesn't even want to flee with this girl yeah he Uh, wants to just Joel doesn't trust anything about her he Mm -hmm. just wants to go and uh you know, so add that onto his shitty life is you know now my partner's dead. Right, and, I, and can can I also say she doesn't put up a whole lot of fight. Yeah, there's like, a lot of guys that show like, up they after. They come through the door and they just shoot her, and you're like, well, gee, you held them off real long for me, thanks. <laughs> yeah, she just stood there in the open, like you could have hid behind something. Could have got <laughs> some cover at very least. Come yeah. on. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so now you got this girl, and um, you you don't like her, and as you're going through. I mean, the story kind of puts those two together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And you start seeing that Joel has more and more of a a caring personality about him than he did before, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I mean, the main reason he doesn't want to get involved with this girl is that he lost a daughter already, and he feels as though, like, the, the common theme is that the closer he gets to her, the the worse off he is, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know where you guys want to talk about it from here because after that there was a lot of um, basically, like you said, a little bit of repetitiveness with go here, here's a note, go here. They end up going um, from where, Boston to, was it Colorado or Wyoming? Uh, Yeah, I think they meet up with the brother. That's sort of their goal. They go from Boston to uh, just uh, Johnsonville, Pennsylvania. Yes, yes, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and it doesn't in seasons too, which is kind of neat. Where it shows, yeah, like, you I like know, that. spring, summer, fall is when they they're. I think the next story, the next major story beat is he's like, well, you know, if we're gonna look for fireflies, we better find my brother because he went to the fireflies. 
and um, right. It was. I found it really odd and and sort of cliche that like they're going into this building and to cut through the power plant or something in, in uh, Wyoming or whatever, and uh, we're, it we're turns skipping, out to be a settlement. I was yeah. gonna say we're skipping a huge segment. Oh, which one? Because because you meet the guy that helps them find a car oh, that's right. a friend of Joel's, and then they get on the car, and that segment's quick. So it's like you get. The, you get to realize that there's yeah. people out there that don't live under the government's mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. And then you, the next segment is they are in a car and they get jacked. Yeah. Right. By, the, ch- the, by, the hunters. Yeah. By the hunters. I'm sorry. And, I forgot. And then you end up running from the hunters and meeting um, – I can't think of the kid's name. Sam and I forget the brother's name, the older brother's name. Uh, oh, It's the, like Pete. Um. Yeah, the the yeah those two yeah that is an interesting story. B. I can't remember that that feels like that was after. So no, the, it's meeting before. the brothers. It is before, okay, but I, I remember being very brief. Like. It, it it is brief. Um, you you basically you run into two brothers that are on the run, and they show you that the hunters have a bridge that all of you need to get across to get out of town. Mm. And you have to work together. And yeah. the brothers leave you for dead. Yep. And then when you get to the bridge, you realize that the bridge is actually out. You fall into the river, and they end up rescuing you out of the river. Yeah. And Joel's ready to kill them both. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, like... It, they left him for dead. It's... it's um, it, it reinforces the sort of, like, you know, you can try to survive together, but really, like... If you try to save everybody, you will die. So they just went off on their own. And Joel starts to realize that, like, going out of your way to save people can be cause more harm than good. And and they and as a story dynamic, they make you care about both of these characters. You work together with them as a group of four, going through some sewer tunnels mm-hmm. to get to where you need to be. And then they reveal the big twist. Oh, Naughty the Dog's an is- asshole. <laughs> The yeah. boy has been bitten, mm-hmm. and when they all wake up the next morning for breakfast because they're safe, he attacks Ellie, yeah. and the brother has to decide whether or not to shoot his bro- shoot his own brother or not, kid brother or not. Yeah. And so Joel shoots the kid, and then the brother points the gun at Joel and is going to shoot Joel, and then realizes he can't handle it, can't handle it, and shoots himself. And then it's like, oh, yay, great! So yeah. we just introduced a couple characters, made you care about them. And then killed them off. I thought that was really that that whole segment. I can't believe I forgot about that because that was a really cool segment. Like the whole like introducing of these hunters and that car crash, and and having Joel realize that it's it's a trap at the last second and just ramming this guy. And yeah, well, um, he, he, he she asks him after this crash, like, how did you know that that was a setup? And he goes, I've been around a long time. I've been part of those. Yeah. Which makes you realize that he is not a good guy. Yeah. Exactly. And and you knew, he knew, that like, when he, he was like, ah, oh, shit, we have to get off the interstate and go into town and cut across these these cars. And he knew something bad was going to happen. He's like, ah, oh, this isn't, as much as the apocalypse, you know, would create this sort of mayhem, this is man-made and, and we are going to get fucked on this one. But uh, I, um... Did you kill every single hunter you came across in yes. that segment? Because I was really, I was feeling it. I was like, you know what? Because they keep introducing you layer on layer of what bad things these people do. Like yeah. there's these little like collectibles you find where it's like 
you know, we found six tourists, uh, and here's what we got, two shoes, a scarf, and, you know, we ended up killing them all, and, um, it, and then, like, it, just, yeah, it was crazy. The other thing, too, is that there's a segment where, I mean, Joel hints that he's done that before, mm-hmm. but even later, there's a segment where he starts finding more of their stuff, and it's kind of like, like, these guys are go above and beyond anything he may have done. He may have carjacked somebody because he needed to stay alive, but they basically just keep killing people for the sake of killing people. Well, they're creating a paradise uh, on on a pile of corpses is what they're doing. Right. They're not trying to survive. They're just, yeah, they're just making it worse. And and there was some parts in that segment where we're kind of annoying, like with the car and, and the gun turret, like trying to avoid that was interesting, but it was a little annoying, but yeah, the way they introduced those two characters and tore them away from you was was gut wrenching. And then I think that's where it cuts and goes to the brother um, in Wyoming right. or wherever. And um, that that segment was interesting because it sort of introduces the you know Joel as a smuggler has taken you know his cargo at this point still cargo. I mean he's grown attached to the girl, but yeah, you know, and uh, you know introduces the fact that Joel's taken her as far as he needs to and is going to give her to the brother to take to the Fireflies. Like, the way he sees it, even though the brother is no longer involved with the Fireflies, he sees it as, um, this the is me responsibility. Yeah, delivering the package to the Fireflies. Yep. And um, that whole, you know, running away bit was... You know, you annoying. Knew she, yeah, annoying. You knew she was yeah. going to do it. Like, yeah. really, why would you not? It's a 13-year-old girl... You know, keep an eye on her. Um, but that, I guess that segment needed to be there for Joel to kind of man up and say, okay, I'll take you the rest of the way. Yeah, and that's where you kind of started feeling the attachment for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more than a cargo, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, more I mean, on her end than his, but like it started more on his end a little bit more too. Yeah, because I'm sure when they started, like Ellie was just like, I don't want to be with this guy. Let's just get it, get to the next, you know, delivery point. And yeah. Well, then there's that whole, like, she takes care of him, you know, after he's been wounded. Oh, yeah. They, um, well, I mean, you end up finding out that the Fireflies have a station at the University of... Colorado. Colorado, Colorado. thank you. Yeah. Um, and uh, what is it? They they get in there and they find out that there's, you know, they're not there. They've all been killed and they say they go to, they say all the Fireflies have retreated to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Which yeah, I thought was yeah. neat, yeah. um, and they end up getting ambushed. And uh, after killing a bunch of them, you know, Joel gets pushed off a balcony and lands yeah. on a, a steel rod, a la Tomb Raider. I mean, yeah, right. But it's weird, I guess. You know, Naughty Dog takes their uh, steel rods through the chests a little more serious than, <laughs> than um, Crystal Dynamics does because Joel was—I thought he was dead. To yeah. be honest, and the way they present it is really well done because at that point it's like I knew in theory that they could kill this character off but god damn it they killed him you know and I had to stay up extra late to beat the segment because you start playing as Ellie and you get the idea that she's on her own because she's wearing Joel's coat yeah and uh, it's just really well done and alluded to and it did it did make you feel like Joel was gone and you're all of a sudden now you're this other character at first and you're like what? I was a little (laughs) upset I was upset and I was like no he's not dead and he's not dead. He can't be. And um, they introduce the the fact that you know the people you're killing aren't soul, soulless in the sense that they are people too. 
Yeah. Um, and you end up getting cornered by you trade medicine for the deer you kill, which yeah. that deer. I don't know how long it took you guys to kill him, but it took me a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was just like, man, you, you hit. You have to hit it with three arrows. Three arrows? Okay, I didn't realize yeah. it was it, a, a it's rule. It's story three. driven. You hit it with the first one, and it runs away, and you follow the blood trail. Then you hit it again, and the blood trail gets bigger. And then the third one is like just before those guys show up. Oh, okay. Well, those then, yeah. those guys end up being um, the people that attacked you at the university. Yeah, and they're saying like, you know, well, you killed our, you're that girl and that crazy old man that killed all our people, and like, you shot right. first, buddy. Yeah. Right. You, you, he misleads you like they're the good guys and you were the bad guys. Oh yeah. But 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 I, his his honesty and niceness just rubbed me the wrong way right away. Yeah. And too, I was yeah. like, I don't. I already don't like this guy. I don't like the fact that he's being buddy-buddy. And I don't think he's nearly as good as they're making him out to be. And lo and behold, he's not. Yeah. Cannibals. Crazy. That kind of threw me for a loop at first. I'm like, ah, cannibals. What are they doing here? Well, I was waiting. I mean, yeah, you, you know, know. It's always inevitable at some it's point. In but. a zombie apocalypse scenario, you you just, you know at some point they're gonna, there's going to be a group that are eating people and... Um, Ellie was, uh, I guess, going to be... They were trying to indoctrinate her. Like, he liked her. And he's like, well, I want you to be part of the group. I don't want to eat you. And yeah. then I love the way... She, like, she gets captured. You know, just, you know, skipping ahead a little bit. Because yeah. we are going long. But Yeah, we are. Um, she gets captured. And she uses her bite infection to... Which is awesome. A really cool level. Like, yeah. where she... She bites. She attacks and bites the 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 main evil guy, and yep. um, and then says, "Hi, you're infected now." And it was it was a really cool way of handling it. And um, she ends up uh, getting out of their grasp, and then yeah, just when Joel comes, from yeah, and then getting over his fever, yeah, you start shifting back and forth and start yeah. controlling uh, Joel because he's that he was given the medicine because she did make it back with the medicine yep. at some point. Right. They, they make track. it, they, they make you realize that he's been unconscious for hours after she gave him the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems like a day has probably gone by. Yeah. Well, he's been in a fever state for what feels like months. Right. Like I'm sure he was, he was like when they leave the university, he faints and falls off the horse, you know, playing the old, I'm the man, strong guy, who's not hurt by the giant steel rod that went through my chest. And, um, I hate when I do that. Yeah, so do I. Uh, happens every day. Um, he was out of it for a good while, and she was taking care of him. And he's lucky he survived and that she got Which, some medicine. Again, brings the closeness of them back together. You know, like yeah. she took care of him while he was sick. And we are going kind of long. So if you kind of fast forward a little bit, um, we're, you know, I guess we can go. Well, you get, get Ellie's. You get Ellie's yeah. first kill, basically yep. after like first man kill. Like she stabs a couple dudes in gameplay, but um, in the story, like yeah. that's her first kill, and she goes crazy. Like she yeah, wanted Joel to, has to fuck him up, yeah. and, and Joel stopped her, and and they get away, and then they're heading towards Salt Lake City uh, to finally find the Fireflies. Um, and she's distant at that point. Yeah. Yeah, there's she, something wrong with her. She's like, pr- yeah. like, like she's realized how fucked up the world is. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and there's a lot of dialogue and stuff. And 
I mean, if you kind of fast forward towards the end where there's a, a confrontation with the Fireflies. And, well, um, basically, yeah, they, they find the Fireflies and... Um, she's rendered unconscious because she drowns. Yeah. And, and he's, he's giving her CPR and the Fireflies find them. And the Fireflies have a gun pointed at him and tell him he has to stop CPR. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. because um, there's some sort of water incident where they fall into the water. They, they, were, on a, they were trying to uh, cross like this flooded yeah. area. And they both fall in the water. And when they get to the other side of this tunnel... She's he's giving him CPR and the fireflies find him and and then when they both come when Joel comes to as the as the player you find that they've already taken Ellie to, for surgery and the fireflies are treating Joel as if he was a delivery guy like the, he has no care and you know yeah, he's and like you did your thing now we're giving you supplies you can go away now right um and Joel not having any of that like he he wanted to find I think he found out he, that. He, he wants to know where she is. Yeah, yeah. to see her. And, right. And the girl that sent you there, I think her name is Grace. Something like that. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, and she's there. She's managed to get to Salt Lake City. And she tells Joel, well, she's in the operating room. And he's like, operating room? What's going on? And it's like, yeah, we can make a cure. But she's got to die for us to make the cure. we got to get the infected brain kind of thing. Yeah, because it's yeah. like the stem of the brain. And yeah. the only way you're going to get it is by killing her. <clears throat> and there's no way for her to survive. And he sort of hears this and like, you guys, we can't, you know, I can't do this. And they end up forcibly sending him away by gunpoint. And um, pretty gruesomely, he, you know, attacks the, the guy yeah. who's escorting him and like, shoots him a few times in the gut and says yeah. where are they and he doesn't say anything then shoots him a few more times i thought like at that point you really see the anger in joel and and at that point i was kind of like i don't like this like i kind of i want to i want the choice to walk away right you know? i they, well, and they never give you that it. choice they, you don't even like so you go back to the hospital you find ellie mm-hmm. and um you walk into the room with the surgeons and they start saying what are you doing you gotta get out of here Basically, yeah. we need to do this. This will, you know, cure the infection kind of thing. And there's a couple surgeons in there. And yeah. then you then you shoot them. Well, no, you don't shoot. You, I tried to you, walk away. You and you don't even give me a choice. You, you're required to shoot the operating yeah. doctor. I you do that. not have to shoot the nurse. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't shoot nurses, them. You don't have to shoot them. But you are required to shoot the doctor. You're, you're not actually required. You can walk up. Like, I tried to walk towards them to see well maybe this will give me a choice to kind of get out of the room by walking up to them but no when you walk up to them it starts a cut scene where you're stabbing the dude in the neck oh really you guys didn't get that i shot all of them oh i didn't do that i was like i just want to get out of here so i started walking towards him then all of a sudden joel pulls out a shiv and starts killing them then the nurse says you just killed the one of the last neurosurgeons you know in the world and i'm like I'm like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to leave the <laughs> room. Funny. I didn't even get that conversation because I, I had El Diablo and I went... Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he... I have to say, I, uh, when he kills the guard and the whole sequence begins where he's going to rescue Ellie, I was like, I wish they had given me the choice, but I would have made this choice anyway. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. So basically, not to drag it out too long, we you end up shooting the surgeon and everything. You escape from the hospital with Ellie. Grace is downstairs at the elevator and... It goes to this cutscene, and she says, it's not too late. You can do the right thing. You can stop the infection. I know it's hard, but you have to make this choice. And then it shows Joel in a car. Just him, right? Just boom, right there in a car. And you're like, oh, God. 
what choice did I make? You have no idea, right? Yeah. He's just kind of driving, and all of a sudden, there's Ellie in the back, and it kind of flashes back to Joel shooting Grace and then getting out of there. Like she, he says to her, I have to kill you because if I don't, you'll come after us. Exactly. Right. Well, my, that, 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 that was kind of the whole point is he shoots her, and she's laying on the ground, and she's bleeding, and she obviously could survive the wound. Yeah. And she's like, please don't shoot. Don't kill me. Yeah, and he goes, he and puts you're like, Ellie wait in the a car. minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You were just about to kill Ellie because you thought it was going to save humanity, and now you've been shot, and you're laying there, and you're dying, and your answer is going to be, please don't kill me. Yeah. Like, it was a rough ending like that yeah. whole ending was just i i wanted to tweet or you know just get it out there that like the last of us is a great game but the ending is conflicting for That's a good reason twitter well it is so basically you get to the car you find out ellie's still in the car she's alive and joel tells her yeah no they've tried it with dozens of others that are uninfected there's no cure they're not trying anymore basically which right? is depressing is because he lied to her, like yeah. completely lied to her. Right. She had, and then, uh, then they're hiking. You, you can see they're back at Tommy's area, and they're hiking. He's like, "Yeah, me and my daughter used to take hikes like this." And then she would talk to her her past about when she got bit, and then she says, "You're telling me the truth about the fireflies, right?" And then for a second, he looks at her and he goes, "Yeah," and she kind of looks back and goes, "Okay," but you could tell she was skeptical. Yeah, and, and then the game ends. <laughs> yeah, I was really. It was such a good ending, and I'm glad they didn't give us a choice. It, because, Correct. Because it, it, how do you do a sequel with a choice? If they give you a choice at the end, it'd be really tough to do a sequel. And they've already said that there are more stories to tell. And There is a DLC content coming yeah. in a few months. Right, I heard about that. There is at least one story-based DLC, and... Maybe. It's supposed to pick up right where that ge- the game leaves off. Are you serious? But, yeah, but not only yes. that, though, with not being able to choose the ending, you are conflicted by what you did. Was it right or wrong? Like, you saved a life, but you stopped the cure. And, and like, I mean, you we have reason to believe that you've stopped the cure in, indefinitely. Like, there's no correct. way to find a cure there's now. There's no other, yeah. You've, you've killed... The guy surgeons. And yeah. The the other thing that I was also left, you're all to me personally. I was left questioning was even if she had died on the operating table, what was their chances of making a cure? Just because she died on the operating table, sure they may have learned something more about the fungus that causes the infection. But if when they're in Colorado and they're in the lab, they're in the the college. You pick up documents where they talk about experimenting on monkeys. Yeah. And basically, no matter what they do, they can't find a cure even with the monkeys they have infected. So what makes you think that they're going to find a cure from her dying on the operating table? Well, you know, it's just it's strange because, like, you, you want to feel like you did a good thing by saving this girl's life. But as you're playing it, you're like, I could have just killed all of humanity for this one girl because I've grown attached to her and I miss my daughter. It seems kind of selfish. You oh, know what I mean? It's very selfish. It's a but very like, selfish ending. I'm, I, I beat it and I went, did I do the right thing? <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I lose thoughts, I think, are like a defense mechanism. Like you're trying to, you know, reason like, ah, oh, you know, I probably did the right thing because, you know, she deserves to live. You know, she deserves to be a kid. She deserves to grow up. But um, you think, like, don't a lot of people deserve to grow up? Like, think of all the people yeah. who killed or. Or not even killed. Like I'm sure humanity, 
humanity is still going to be a thing. Like we've adapted, we're going to be able to survive this. But maybe wouldn't it? Have, well, maybe. But I'm just thinking like we survived this long and we're still doing fine, and the infected are still there, but we're surviving. But I'm thinking like don't doesn't humanity as a, as a race deserve to be free of the infection Correct. to to That's start right. living, you know, like we did before and i think a sequel um will you know could play on the fact that ellie finds out and then they go on another adventure to okay let's solve this issue yeah. but um, i was also left questioning the point of a cure because of the whole game the world has gone into such craziness there's cannibals running around eating people the government on in boston is shooting people on site under military rule mm-hmm. uh there's hunters that are wandering around as bandits catching and killing people. There's next to no civilization. Besides the fireflies, what purpose would the cure what what purpose would a cure even be? Well, it would ensure the the future of humanity, right? Like it would you allow could stop all other infections. Yeah, once you, like once you inf- the other infections. The infection is just like in The Walking Dead. The infection, the zombies are a catalyst for this chaos, right? So right. once you remove that catalyst and and the reason for all this chaos, then you can start to get a foothold and you know bring government back and bring structure. Right, you back. can bring government back, but are you, who's going to round up the army of cannibals and? The bandits. Are we going to forgive all the atrocities that they've done? Are we going to not give them the cure because they were so evil while the, there was chaos in the world? Well, or are we going to forgive them? It's like the real world. Like after there are wars, there are war criminals and they are prosecuted. Like, and some are given, you know, uh, pardons well, and stuff. The best part about that ending is the way that you can debate it out for hours and hours. Yeah, but yeah. I think we have gone a little long. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I I would like to hear what people think and Yeah, if you guys played The Last of Us and you you have your own theory on the ending and what you felt, uh definitely email us and let us know what what you thought of how you did. And uh yeah, uh, all in all great game and uh definitely worth a buy and it'll definitely compel you. And if you're listening, I'm sure you probably already played it cuz we spoiled that one. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure if you listen to this without playing, you say I don't know if there's a reason to play it now. We covered all the major beats. So We did. So with that being said, did you already talk about the giveaway? I felt like two days ago. <laughs> that was probably our longest episode. I'll, I'll just remind everybody if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> send us uh, – we're giving away a, a DLC copy of The Walking Dead 400 Days, which is a bridge between Season 1 and Season 2. Um, it requires Season 1 of The Walking Dead. And we're going to give it away to somebody who emails us, tweets us, Facebooks us. Um, what they're looking forward to most about season two of Telltale's The Walking Dead, and we'll send you a Steam code for 400 days. Nice, I like that. Um, and I guess you know, let's switch it up a little bit. Lou Page, where can people find us? People can find us at zombiesatemypodcast dot com. Send your emails to us at infos at zombiesatemypodcast dot com, and we're also on Twitter at zombiesatemypodcast. Zombies Podcast, sorry, zombies at Zombies Podcast. Podcast. And Facebook group, Zombies Ate My Podcast at Facebook. And you can find Ryan at R. Murphy, myself at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F on Twitter. Yes, you can. And there's also still, I guess, can we talk about the, the t-shirts? 
the t-shirts are still happening t-shirts are still happening with wonderful artwork by Joel Duggan I know he's working on that amongst a myriad of other projects um, you can go check out all of his work at joelduggan.com and if you're looking for artwork check out some of our avatars online and uh, you can see what great work he can do Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we got everything. Do we get everything? That's everything. I think we got everything. All right, send us your emails at info at zombiesatemypodcast.com if you want to win Walking Dead 400,000 days. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My internet's crashing, so I don't have the zombie joke. I was just going to say, maybe <laughs> that 400,000 days can count as your zombie joke. Yeah. I keep losing everything. Unfortunately. Um, no, 400 Days is great. I highly recommend you guys pick it up. Yeah, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. What? <laughs> is that what they did? Yeah, they, went, yeah, <clears throat> they shook their head and they went, <laughs> Hey, can I try something? Can we hang up and then I call both of you guys, see if that helps my internet connection at all? Sure. Sure. Suckers, I'm not doing the show. <laughs> I'm yelling really loud. Well, don't yell the entire show. <laughs> Welcome to Thomas. The Last of Us is so fucking depressing. <laughs>